2: Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook thanks to Palmerbet play the punting advantage this footy season gamble responsibly call the Gamblers Helpline on 1-800-858-858 and Climate Air Conditioning Climate Air Conditioning and Solar simply the best
0: G'day there, Red and Blue Army. Welcome to Redlegs Radio. A return to the finals for the Redlegs is in the wind. Defeated a gritty West Adelaide by 29 points in a dour contest at Cooper Stadium on Friday night. It's our ninth win of the year. Ten wins is the marker for what you need to play finals. We need one more with two to play. We've got a huge show for you tonight. Norwood President Paul Diulio to join us live in the studio a little bit later on. Gun midfielder Jacob Kennelly also on board. A split round this week. The legs are scheduled to meet North Adelaide in week two of the split round. So the players are off. But the Red Legs Radio family has gathered anyway. Ben Cameron from The Advertiser. Hooky. The voice of reason in this parochial show. I don't, know, I don't show.
1: know about that, mate, but this is the big hitters edition. We've got the prez and yeah. the premier and yeah. the pup. Oh, exactly right. So, so it's all happening.
0: Welcome to you, Camo. But we do begin today's episode. We're going to chat to just a humble fan. He's one of us. A face in the crowd. Just a supporter on the terraces. <laughs> mixing it with the fellow Red legs supporters. Who is this Norwood fan? Well, let's introduce him by his day job. He is the Premier of South Australia, Premier Stephen Marshall. Welcome to Redlegs Radio.
3: Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, Ben, and good afternoon to your listeners.
0: Great to have you on board. Were you a little nervous uh, last Friday night when Westies has got the slip on us, a team that's given us a bit of trouble in the last few
2: years?
3: I tell you what, I saw their result from the previous week where they only kicked six points. I thought <laughs> this was no problems at all, so I'd been sort of razzing up the Treasurer all week. And then... Of course, a little bit of nerves, but the boys came through, which was absolutely fantastic. And Rob Lucas is still pretty depressed about his team.
0: <laughs> yeah, very passionate Westy supporter is Rob Lucas, and uh, yeah, they're doing it a bit tough at the moment. The Bloods uh, Premier, how have you assessed the year from the Norwood Football Club? Uh, a significant change in the off season, and they've been they've been pretty reasonable. Just haven't quite cut it against the top sides.
3: Look, I tell you, it's a tough year for anybody playing football, whether that's here in the SANFL or in the national competition as well. The COVID restrictions are putting all sorts of pressure on players and on their families, their workplaces. So I'm just pleased that the season uh, is well away and that we'll be playing finals footy here in South Australia. Right, there've been some highlights, there've been some lowlights. You say uh, not matching with the top teams quite so strongly, but I was pretty excited about the game down at the Bay, right through to three-quarter time. Mm. Uh, they haven't lost a game all season. And, and I think, you know, we really did challenge them uh, down there. I didn't get down to the game, but I was watching it, the feed coming through and I was sort of giving Marlon Motlop a bit of stick <laughs> after the game because uh, I thought we might have been able to knock them off. But they've had a fantastic season uh, so far. But it's there to lose. It's ours to challenge. And I think that we're, we're coming
1: good at the right time of the year.
0: And Glenelg have been pretty good at blowing finals, uh Chances as well, so uh, maybe one more. have it though. Haven't
1: they? Premier, have you managed to um, get me, get to many games, or has COVID sort of really affected your Saturday afternoons?
3: No, I've been absolutely hopeless this year. I should I should sack myself uh, to be quite <laughs> honest. Leave it, that it's to us. Been, uh, <laughs> no, it's a, been a hopeless uh, season because I love nothing more than uh, getting down to Cooper's Stadium on the parade. It's absolutely fantastic, but this year has been absolutely uh, abysmal. Uh, But, um, look, I'm just hopeful that we can get into the final. I'm sure we will with the uh, way we're performing at the moment. Uh, We've got North Adelaide, uh, as you say, not this weekend, but next weekend. That's a critical game for us. Um, That would definitely secure us a a position. But we're one uh, game uh, clear of sturt, I think, at the moment, our traditional rivals. So... Um, as long as they keep uh, where they are, we should be able to get into the finals. But it'd be good to just find that right form coming into the final, uh, final two rounds and then, of course, uh, on to the finals.
1: So, Premier, you grew up barracking for Port? Correct. And then you became Norwood's number one ticket holder. Was that a, um, a difficult process? It's outrageous, to, isn't it, to... <laughs> really, when you think about it. Was that age? a difficult transition to make? Uh,
3: well, it really was, and I wasn't really hundred percent sure whether I was going to make that transition because, you know, I grew up in Port Adelaide. My father uh, trained with Port Adelaide, you know, in the Colts and the Junior Colts. Uh, you know, as a as a lad down at Lafever Tech, uh, my grandfather was a Warpy, and now I'm the number one ticket holder for uh, the uh, the great uh, Norwood Redlegs. But look, I've really come to know and love this club and the personalities uh, down uh, within the club itself, within the supporter base, and become friends with a lot of the players as well. So when we had that grand final a few years ago, uh, Norwood versus uh, Port, I thought, God, who am I going to be backing for? But it was pretty clear very early on that I was really hoping that Norwood would win, and that sort of cemented it for me.
1: That sort of leads me into my next question. Do you get a bit torn when um, those two foes go at it?
3: Not anymore. In the early days, I was thinking, I remember taking my son Charlie along... Uh, to a Nord game, and he's just looking at me, thinking, uh, "Who are we actually barracking for?" Because <laughs> I'd sort of, I had a prenuptial with uh, with uh, with his mother that she had the the kids had to be brought up as Port supporters, so he was he was very confused. Uh, but look, I think look, obviously I'm a Power supporter uh, in the AFL, and they've had a cracking season so far, and I'm, I went along on the weekend to see them with that 19 unanswered goal sort of. Uh, surge uh, from halfway through the second quarter. It was fantastic to see. And there is a lot of carryover between, you know, people supporting Norwood in the, in the local league uh, and then uh, Port Adelaide uh, in, the, uh, in the AFL. Um, KT is a perfect example. Matthew Primus, uh, David Roden, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, players that have, you know, gone between uh, the two. Uh, and 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 supporters as well. So um, yeah, I'm comfortable with where I'm at at the moment. I would just like to see a premiership for both this year. I've got my premiership
1: now. The boys need to get theirs. Speaking of AFL, and I need to ask you, Premier, um, as we speak, how close are we to hosting a grand final? Do you think this is the closest we've ever been?
3: I think it is the closest we have ever been uh, in the history of the state, quite frankly. Um, I think that the numbers coming out of Victoria at the moment, are just they're just persistently um, annoying for the health professionals. So every day there's five, six, seven, eight examples of community transmission. While there's community transmission, it makes it very, very difficult uh, for there to be uh, a... a you know, a crowd at a, at a grand final in Melbourne. Now, I think the AFL want a crowd. Ken Inkley certainly says he wants a crowd. I think the fans watching it on TV want a crowd. Uh, yes, we've just had the Tokyo Olympics with um, some uh seats, uh, but there's nothing like a crowd uh, at, in the final series and in the grand final. So I think uh, it's not going to be in Sydney, that's for sure. Uh, I think it's increasingly unlikely uh, at the MCG. So that leaves, uh, you know, Brisbane, uh, our fantastic oval at, uh, here in Adelaide and then over in, in Western Australia. And we've all got strengths and and uh, challenges, but we'll be putting in a very competitive bid for finals footy here in South Australia this, beyond... I get you a few active, votes, Premier. And then, of course, the grand <laughs> final.
0: Oh, go for it, Premier. We've been particularly excited to have a grand final here. Hey, we talked about the fact that you love your Port Adelaide... In the AFL, love you, Norwood in the Sandful. Is there a club you really don't like, Premier in particular, in the Sandful? I mean, is there one that you really
3: just get Glenel, to grind your gears? Glenel. The Tigers, yes. No I, good at all. I, I have to agree. Them. Imagine how upset I was when, you know, uh, Chad and Kane Corns came to play for Port Adelaide mm. and <laughs> died. <He was> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, look, you know, I, you know, sort of like. I grew up in Port Adelaide, but I went to school at a and oh, it was just they were all Glenelg supporters, and they were all jumping on the bandwagon in the early eighties, and it was uh, it was pretty horrific for a Port supporter. So yeah, yeah, it was never really my my favourite uh, favourite club.
0: New coach at the Norwood Footy Club is Jade Rawlings Twig. Have you had much to do with him?
3: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when he came over to Adelaide, he stayed at my place for a little while, which was sort of a, a bit of a funny story. So. You know, I spoke to him when he was coming over and he said he was over for a couple of days. And I said, where are you staying? He says, I haven't got anywhere yet. And I, as you know, I live around the corner from the, from, the, um, from the ground. So I said, you're more than welcome to stay there. He said, that's fantastic. So I'll <laughs> definitely do that. So I said, no problem. So I said, of course, I'm working sort of 20 hours a day, so I won't see you. But I'll leave a key out and I'll explain where everything is. And of course, exactly at that point in time. I put the state into a six-day lockdown, so I'm actually best friends with Jade Rawlings now. <laughs> I know everything about his life and his background. He's a absolutely ripper bloke, and uh, that was obviously before the the, uh, the well before the uh, the season kicked off. And he was, um, you know, it just really amazed me his uh, his passion for the game and his the strategy and the thought that goes into every move that he makes. He is a fantastic uh, guy, and I, and I think a great leader for the club.
1: What would give you more joy, you think, a, a red-legs premiership or an election victory next year? <laughs> <laughs> what's your next question? <laughs> politely declined. It, it, what's the old
0: story about uh, choosing between Earl McPherson and Claudia Schiffer? Uh-huh. I imagine it's, uh, it's probably well, not dissimilar to that. I was
1: going to actually ask, you mentioned you work for 20 hours a day. I mean, I would assume that's not a flippant remark. Your days are, are quite long. W- what time does your day start usually?
3: Well, I've, I've set my alarm at quarter past five, but I've never really let it go off. So I get up pretty early in the morning. So as I always say to people, I'd be a great farmer because uh, I don't mind the mornings. But, you know, it's a, it's a pretty long day. Like last mm. night, I would have got home after 11 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, one thing I've never had any trouble with is getting off to sleep. So the second I get into bed, I'm asleep. And then, uh, you know, as I said, get up really early, try to do the paces as early as I can, go to the gym three mornings a week, so two mornings at 5:30, one morning at 6:30. Saturday I go at 6:30. Uh, so uh, try to stay as fit as I can. But um, it's you know the last 18 months I'll be truthful. It's been a real challenge uh, to stay fit and and you know just stay focused uh, on the multiple things that have been coming our way. So um, I'm very proud to be a South Australian at the moment. I, I I just think we live in the best place in the world, a, a place where everybody has worked together to put us I think in a, in a very enviable uh, position and hopefully that will result in an AFL Grand Final here at the Adelaide Oval, the best oval in the world.
1: Uh, here, at, you know, in the in the next couple of weeks. Just one quick one more from me, uh, Premier. What what actually has been the hardest moment of the past eighteen months related to COVID? Hardest I think decision the, uh, the, or hardest the, moment, hardest day? Or I think the, the
3: hardest. Yeah, look, the hardest day I think was unequivocally when we had our first deaths. Uh, in south australia we we had those two off the Ruy Princess, as you're probably aware uh and you know you know writing to those families and expressing the condolences on behalf of all south australians was was pretty tough you know but then then I look at you know um the way that we've performed since then and and look, people have made enormous sacrifices, individual sacrifices, and they haven't been able to go to weddings or funerals they haven't been able to See family members that are, you know, stranded in interstate. There've been big, you know, hits on businesses, but all these sacrifices that people have made have, have really been what has kept us, I think, the safest state in the safest country in the world. And and yes, we've got a challenge to, you know, plot our path out of this uh, at the moment. But you know, I think that we've got a good, uh, you know, as I said, a, a good plan, good cooperation. People are coming forward to get vaccinated, uh, and I'm very very optimistic about the future of our state.
0: Premier, we're very thrilled that you could join us here on Redlegs Radio. I just want to point out that since you were first elected to the seat of Norwood, now Dunstan, in 2010, the Norwood Football Club has won three premierships. Port Adelaide has won zero. So I'm sure you can remember (laughs) the organisation that has given you the most joy in uh, your time in South Australian politics. Thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That's the Premier of, St- of the premier of South Australia, Stephen Marshall, joining us there. Uh, what an absolute thrill to have him as part of the show on Redlegs Radio. We're off to a break. On the other side, we're going to be catching up with the gun midfielder for the Norwood Football Club, Jacob Kennelly. Don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio.
2: You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio
0: uh, after our chat with Stephen Marshall. I tell you what, we're setting the bar even higher with our next guest. Before we get to him, it's the People's Choice Award leaderboard, and I tell you what, we've had a significant movement after round 17 and the victory over West Adelaide. Jacob Collins, the big jumper, he picked up 49 votes. He's obviously done the ring around. He's got under mum, dad, <laughs> all of the extended family, and he has closed in to within 21 votes on Jackson Callow, who has been the runaway leader all year. And, uh, yeah, Callow on 221, Jacob Collins on 200, and then there's uh, plenty of spaces back. Nikki Rokar on 80, Isaac Saywell 70, Dick Hamilton 34, Cam Shenton 23, alongside Richard Douglas, Mitch Grig on 22. Brad McKenzie is last on the leaderboard on 14. But I will pick up the man who is second last on the leaderboard and needs a bit more support from family and friends to get his votes up on the People's Choice leaderboard. He picked up three on the weekend. He's on a total of 18. And I'm talking about the young gun from Cummins who came to Norwood, went to Geelong, and now he's back at the Red Legs. And my word, are we happy to have him. I'm talking about Jacob Kennelly. Jacob, welcome to Red Legs Radio.
4: Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you on board, mate. To uh, Have you found your time back at Legland?
4: Uh, yeah, really good. Loving it. Um, it's been uh yeah up and down season, but um, yeah, I've been loving the boys and um, the support that I've had coming back into SA and um, and just to come back to the club where I played a fair bit of my junior footy. It's been really good. There's still a lot of those guys hanging around, so it's good.
0: You were uh, announced as returning to the club in November last year. People are expecting you to see high skill, lots of speed, bit of outside run. Last weekend against West Adelaide, eighteen tackles. Mike, you're a versatile young man. That was a that was a significant contribution in what was a pretty dour game.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I suppose I have been a bit different this year, playing a bit of a different role. Um in a bit more of a defensive uh position in uh midfield and um yeah, it's meant that I've had to tackle a bit more and um I have, was able to Wrap up a few blokes on the weekend, but um, I mean, I'd probably like to be first at the ball a little bit more as well. So, um, yeah, no, it was all right. So it's just good to get over the line and um, have a win.
1: Jacob, we've got a, a massive game coming up against North and we all know what happened back in round three. What do you think we have to do to avoid um, that kind of result? And, um, yeah, what was your reading of that game? And how do you think maybe it set us up for the rest of the year in terms of, uh, you know, positives that might have come out of it?
4: yeah yeah um no I just sort of put emphasis on um if we're first of the ball and if we're competing at ground level we can um match it with anyone we've sort of that game we just went away from that and um we got beaten up pretty badly um yeah we just couldn't get our hands on the footy and it just kept going put kept putting our um defenders under pressure and um yeah we sort of we crumbled pretty bad that game, so yeah we we all look back on that and Remember what happened, and we're going to be taking that into um, the next week. And um, yeah, we're definitely going to be having a bit more emphasis on um, yeah defending first, and um, yeah, just lowering our hips and getting over the footy. Because yeah, last time we just weren't up for the fight, and um, yeah, we take full responsibility for that. And move on. So um, I think throughout the season, we have definitely. Um, taking notes from that, we've had stages where we've sort of gone back to that North Adelaide form and then we've come out of it and um, it was really good on the weekend we were sort of teetering and we managed to halfway through the game sort of, um, yeah rethink our plans and got back onto the same page which was really good
1: Which game do you reckon that we've shown our best? Which game really stands out do you think that, you know, this is Norwood's brand um, and this is really what's going to hold us in good stead um, when we make the finals? Yeah, yeah.
4: probably the one that sticks out to me, although we didn't win by heaps or anything, was the South Adelaide game. I think it was around five or six at Norwood, where we got a a decent lead um, going into the last quarter, and they come back here and there, and we sort of just ended up hanging on and really put in a gutsy effort to um, keep um, defending and repeat stoppages in our D50 over and over again, and sort of um, definitely said to me that going forward throughout the season we're going to be a really um, tough competitive team when it comes down to those pressure moments and pressure finals and whatever because um, our defensive contest based um, play really messed up in the big games and big moments so um, it's probably been more where we've been, we've felt relaxed and whatever that we've uh, maybe gone away from playing a normal way and then we've been punished on the scoreboard so um, when the pressure's on, I feel like we've been able to really hold on. And um, that, that game is definitely the one that's successful.
0: I want to take you back here. Over the previous couple of years, Jacob, just describe your time at the Geelong Football Club. I mean, what an absolute experience that must have been to play alongside some of the absolute legends of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah,
4: unreal. Um, yeah, I mean, the moment of draft day, I, I just knew that I've... I um, was going to a pretty special club and going to be around some pretty special people. Um, I think it was my first training. I went out there and we were just having a little kick-to-kick kick and coaches got the senior players to go with the younger players and I think Gary Ablett, um, was my <laughs> first player I got to have a kick with, which was pretty cool. So. Um, and then from then on, it was just sort of, um, yeah, it was a pretty um, out-there experience. I mean, first year really good had some really good solid um AFL footy um and then 2020 was a different year again where we um yeah i got had a really good pre-season under my belt um yeah and then covid come in and we ended up yeah traveling around australia and um yeah living in living in a hotel in, um on the gold coast for two months um and watching and being around um the boys as they took on richmond in the grand final which was um all very good experience. Obviously, we would have liked a better result. But, um, yeah, it was, it was something I'll never forget, for sure.
0: Um, and, you know, Ablett, Dangerfield, Selwood, all of these, you know, true greats of the game in and amongst your training squad. Um, but my understanding is you related really well with Sam Menegola. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, we played very similar roles, Sam and I did. Um, and he'd sort of come from a... Well, I suppose now I look at it, he's come from a very similar um, spot to me. Um, probably struggling in his first years and playing a bit of sample footy here and there as well. And, um, at the time, yeah, I, we just played very similar roles. We playing on, on each other a lot. We um, catch up for coffee and whatever. And, um, yeah, he's become a really good footballer um, since his first few years. So that's definitely someone I can um, look to to get um, mate, so- some advice.
1: And, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I think I almost cut you off there. Um now, you talk about stars, but is your mum the biggest star in your family still? Because I understand uh, that she won the SA Citizen of the Year in 2019 for her community and, and sporting club work, and then she was yeah. Lower Eyre Peninsula District Council Citizen of the Year the same year. So does that mean she's still sort of got, got you covered?
4: Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I've still got a few more years uh, catching up to do, I think, to get to her level. But, um, yeah, she's definitely been a bit of inspiration for me throughout my whole life, so... Um, it's probably the reason why I've um, sort of pushed myself and driven myself to um, get the best out I can in footy and off the field as well. So, um, yeah, she's an absolute legend. And, yeah, I've still got a few years to go before I catch up to her, that's for sure.
1: How would you sum up her attitude to life? She just seems like someone who just rolls up the sleeves and likes to get involved and, you know... At a, yeah, that, that sort of, yeah. ..at that community uh, and sporting level.
4: Yeah, she definitely is... Um, she yeah, doesn't like to stay still for too long. She definitely likes to um keep busy and help other people help other people out. Um yeah, she yeah, just rolls up the sleeves like you said and um just gets gets stuff done. So um she's, she's able to do that for me when I was younger, able to do it for my sister and obviously yeah, she's been pretty good doing it for the community of Cummins where I'm from and um and yeah, so yeah, I can't thank her enough for the support she's given there, anyway.
0: Jacob, your mum is a big name in Cummins. Uh, you're a big name in Cummins as well, but I tell you what, I reckon there might be a bigger name than both of you. His name is Adam Hasma, better known as The Parcel. Let's take a listen to what he did in the B-grade grand final back in 2018.
3: The Parcel comes
5: through. Oh, pups for sale. Haven't seen that many since the RSPCA. It's an open square.
3: He's gone again with another one. Can he finish? This will be goal of the year. Fitness lacking with the bounce. Will it get there? It's home! It's home! The parcel has delivered.
0: <laughs> so there you have it. A magnificent grand final, and I'm sure a lot of people would have seen that vision from back then. The parcel. You uh, had much to do with Adam Hasmer in your time, Jacob?
4: Uh, yeah, definitely have, man. Yep. Uh, he's uh, yeah, a real character and great bloke. I'm actually... Um, Best mates with his younger brother, he used to spend plenty of time at his house back in the day, and yeah, that was a uh, very good commentary from uh, Darren <laughs> as Well, in that game, it's really set it up. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember watching. I think I was in Adelaide at the time. That was the B grade grand final, and um, yeah, I remember watching the footage, and it just went exploded on the line. It was uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I, I've seen him do plenty of those highlights. Um, out this time there definitely um, back when he's played A grade as always well. to have one of those types of um, moments every week so yeah pretty cool
0: <laughs> What about the relationship between uh, the West Coast and the Air Peninsula and the Norwood Football Club mate you've probably seen a fair bit of that first hand how is that developing?
4: Yeah yeah really well um, I was pro- a part of the first um, under 15 side that um, represented Norwood in the country before um, well after Pull Magpies, um, and yeah, so yeah, we've come a long way. Um, Rich Shout has been really good over the last few years, and um, lots of lots of guys coming over school, and then lots of guys coming over after they finish school, and um, giving it a crack in the senior list as well. Um, and you see it at the moment; we've got so many EP um, boys in the, on, in the senior list um, and uh, in the um, league side as well. Um, so you can say it's definitely helping, and I think it's giving, yeah, really good opportunity some of those guys will, um, back there on the West Coast, so um, yeah, I'll generally see it going upwards from here.
0: Jacob, what are you doing outside of uh, football, mate? you Have you got any work lined up or some study?
4: Yeah, yep, yep. So I'm actually at work now, doing full-time work, a store in the uh, former Central District legend, Rick McGowan. I do uh we buy and sell packaging supplies, and he offered me a job when I first come back from Geelong, and... Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it ever since. So, we've um, got some really good blogs here. Um, yeah, lots of forklift driving and uh, purchasing and sales work. So, um, yeah, it's I'm learning a lot. It's really good.
0: Jacob, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon on Redlegs Radio.
4: Thank you. Cheers.
0: Off to a break.
2: On the other side, we're catching up with President Paul Dielio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to ParmaBet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to ParmaBet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858.
0: Yeah, you are listening to Redlegs Radio. Ben Hook joining you. Ben Cameron from the advertiser in the studio alongside of me, as always. And basking in the victory over West Adelaide on Friday night is our guest in the studio. It's the president of the Norwood Football Club, Paul DiIlio. Paul, welcome back. Thanks, thanks Hookie. Great great to be here. Nice to have you on board. Uh, now, I know that you are a dedicated football watcher, mate. Uh, we were you a little bit nervous a couple of uh, minutes into that first quarter at... Um,
5: Cooper Stadium, when Westies got the jump on us a little bit? Yeah, it was a little bit actually. I had a chat with their president at the pre match function, and obviously it was a tough week for Westies, so you'd expect a response. And they came out and, uh, yeah, got those early goals, and it was a bit of a hard slug early. But I think as the game got in, our boys got into their game and, um, did what they needed to do. And obviously, uh, I thought we had the ascendancy for most of the game after quarter time.
0: Uh, We're sitting fifth at the moment, nine wins. Uh, There's no team that has missed the finals with 10 wins in the 18-game, 10-team competition. So I reckon one of the next two probably gets us over the line. That's a very basic understanding of where we're at on field. How
5: would you describe
0: the health of the football club? Give it a rating out of 10 off the field.
5: Yeah, I think it's um, obviously for the last couple of years through COVID, um, it was pretty tough on the field, but off the field in terms of the support the club was able to get and the support from our membership base really gave us a kickstart. And I think the whole, all the clubs in the sandfall were able to turn a profit last uh, year. I think it's continued on this year, and I think the hard part is really being able to continually be flexible with the COVID restrictions and also getting people back to the games. I think if round one was sensational, the parade with at full capacity at 5,000 people against Port Adelaide, mm. which was fantastic. But I think as you've probably seen, with the restrictions, the uncertainty, um, the crowds that cross the ground haven't been as much as we'd hoped, as big as we'd hope. Um, but I think, you know, the, the support we're getting from our supporters is fantastic. Our pre-match functions and our, our functions at the footy club have been very well attended and really loving the support. And our sponsors and supporters and members just generally, their support for the footy club has been outstanding.
1: Yeah, I think Hookie sort of stole my thunder there a little bit. I was going to ask um, how we, how you feel that we've got through this COVID period. Um, you know, what kind of rating would you give us there? Just just to get, it's been a very tough 18 months. I guess it's yeah. reiterating what you're saying, but you feel that we've got through this, this period pretty well.
5: Oh, I think we've got through a pretty tough period really well. I think there's still a little bit of work still to be done. I think the salary cap's a massive uh, consideration going forward. It was halved this year and there's been an influence of Job Keepers for the last two scenes. I think where it goes to next year is massive Uh, for the competition. We're a strong advocate that it needs to continue going up to actually ensure our standing is the best competition outside the AFL. I think that's going to be a challenge. I think um, trying to get everyone back to normal, whatever normal is. And I think as uh, the Premier was on earlier, the COVID landscape continues to change. And I think getting a normal that everyone's comfortable with and getting people to come out if masks are a normal from another period of time, you know, getting people who are comfortable to come out with masks and enjoy uh, the footy. I think overall with our new facility, our new club rooms, we've got a great opportunity to grow our brand and our community and I think there's a real lot of strength and optimism from our footy club going forward.
1: Have you had to park any programs that you've been planning to roll out at all, you know, having to tighten your belts and, and whatnot? Have uh, there been anything that you sort of, you've had to delay or...? Yeah, there Has not been any tangible sort of um, effects there?
5: Probably um, not so much programs from a footy perspective. I think um, we're really invested in the Air Peninsula and we really want to encourage our growth over there. And we had, last Friday night's game was a, a tribute or a, an honour to the Air Peninsula and our right. association with them. I think where we've had to tower things back, a lot of functions and potential fundraising opportunities where we haven't been able to do it. We've, we've had to cancel our red and blue ball. We've had to reschedule our Hall of Fame Um function our best and fairest has had to be rescheduled there's lots of things that had to continue evolving uh, due to um, the COVID restrictions and when they come in and we've had some uh, business lunches that have had to been cancelled a past players event was cancelled so things that really support the footy club underpin the footy club off the field have had to have been have been a struggle and it's really difficult because staff spent a lot of time organising that and getting to the to almost to to press the go button and have to pull back on that
1: Absolutely. Uh, just one more, hooky. Sorry. Um, we had um, Matt Daldig on on from the SA a few weeks ago, and he was talking about the season could be uh, extended, and then it might move the grand final to another location rather than the Adelaide Oval. Um, w- were we in the discussions to maybe host? Were there uh, any discussions along that line, or was it still too early to be having those? Yeah, it's too uh,
5: too early at this stage. There's a lot of discussion around what the season would look like after the state lockdown, whether what that meant, whether we'd still have a buy, whether our, where our grand final would line up. Previously, it was going to be two weeks earlier. Uh, I think the intention is for more was to have finals at Adelaide Oval, and that would be our position. Obviously, with the ashes coming, Adelaide Oval has its own restrictions about how far, how deep we can go into October. It is now scheduled for the October long weekend, mm. um, and subject to any lockdowns in South Australia, if we don't have those lockdowns and we can continue on, I think we have a really good opportunity to still meet that deadline, which would be great. We would stand alone a grand final. Um, The Adelaide Footy League's having theirs on the 18th, the AFL's on the 25th, so we'll be a standalone grand final in the country that weekend. So I think that would be a great opportunity to showcase Sample Footy.
0: Uh, Paul, uh, last weekend it was uh, Breakthrough Mental Health, the Mental Health Awareness Round. It doubled also as the Air Peninsula Tribute Round for the Norwood Football Club. Uh, The country zones all got shifted around a bit. I think it was around about five or six years ago. I know there's a tyranny of distance here, but do you feel like with the amazing amount of talent across the Air Peninsula that the Norwood Football Club fell
5: on its feet, landing the Air Peninsula as its country zone? Uh, absolutely. We think it's a fantastic area, very fertile area and we've really strengthened our relationship with Air Peninsula. Um, talking about the Premier earlier, when you're talking about his love for the Port Adelaide Footy Club as a kid growing up and coming to Norwood, well, This is almost the opposite because it was actually a Nord football club going to the heart of the Potolade (laughs) Territory. So actually going in there into your Arch Rivals area, it took a little bit of work to get through. And some of them have the magpie on their actual uh, Guernsey. So it's well entrenched of who they were for so many years, but we've loved their association over there. We think it's growing. We think there's some wonderful people over there, some wonderful players. And we've made a really strong commitment that we want to invest in the Air Peninsula and not just take their best players out, actually invest in their communities, invest in their business and, Everything they do on the Air Peninsula, we're really strong with our advocacy to the Sandford that we want that long term. We don't want this to be a short term exercise. We want to be a community partner in the Air Peninsula for many, many years to come. Um, and let's see if I can convince you to break some news here because you did mention it on the last Friday night. Uh, is there a vision for the club to play a game four points on the Air Peninsula? Definitely. Um, that's been our, we've advocated that for a number of years with the league. It's the the tyranny of your distance is a problem and there's a cost, but we believe really that the people the apprentice deserve a game over there. We want to play over there, probably at Centenary Park um, in Port Lincoln to play that game four points. So it is worth a significant, you know, it's not just a trial match. It's not a pre-match or um, pre-season game. It's something that is valuable to all of us. And we think that is important for us to do that. The other key thing I think I mentioned last Friday night um, was that we were also keen for the Morelock Shield. Shields, a very big weekend mm. in Port Lincoln. And we happen to play that weekend most years and, you know, it'd be great for the league to not schedule Nord footy on that weekend. So we could take the whole club over to the Air Peninsula wow. and support the Air Peninsula um, for that massive where well, that's when the whole sort of whole peninsula comes to Lincoln uh, for the Shield, it'd be great for the Nord footy club to be present.
1: I'd love to know when your love affair for the club began. How, how far back <laughs> yes. do we go? Like, it seems like Steve Marshall's, you know, a bit of yeah, a, bit of a um, Johnny come lately.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it goes back a long way. back in the early seventies. I, I, I was trying to think the other day, I think the f- probably one of my first ever games live was probably as a five or six year old. I remember going to Nord over with my dad. Mum was always a Nord supporter and grew up around the corner and volunteered for St John's there. So I just became entrenched at a very young age and basically loved footy my whole life and been an avid, avid Nord supporter from the age of probably four or five that I can remember. Did probably. you ever, sorry, sorry. buddy, did you have a favourite player? As a, as a growing up? Yeah, as a little kid. I had three Guernsey's in my time, so I started off with Johnny Clark, if people can remember. Back to Johnny Clark. Wow. Then I went to Ache, Michael Ache, and Michael um, Ash, and then my love affair with Gary McIntosh started. Fourteen. So with Fourteen, I got that jump. I it, never moved.
0: Interestingly enough, you and Adam Scott, the legendary Australian golfer, 2013 Masters champion, his favourite footballer is Gary McIntosh because he went to a game with his family Uh, So his dad, I should remember his dad's name. I'll think of it probably just when we are off air. Uh, Took him to Unley Oval, saw Norwood versus Sturt. And I think they had a bit of a a Sturt connection, the family. His dad was a member of um, and at the pro at Blackwood Golf Club at the time. And he saw Gary McIntosh flip this Sturt footballer (laughs) who was double his size, just put him on his absolute backside and at that particular moment there, that's when Adam Scott, the superstar golfer decided that Gary McIntosh was going to be his favorite player. Something in common. What's your golf swing like? Uh, not very good. No, we're near
5: as good as Adam Scott's. I can tell you.
1: <laughs> Few would be. Um, what was your first role when you official role apart from um, being fan?
5: Yeah, I joined the uh, vice presidents committee and it was uh, back in those days, Jeff Hall was the chair of that committee and Mike Olson supported it. And, uh, that was all around putting um, together lunches on before the games in the old house, uh, across the ref from our old club rooms. From that, it led to being a member of the Relics club and eventually became the chair of the Relics club. And from the Redlegs club, became obviously a board member. And then over the years from that um, progressed to being the vice president under Joe Tripodi and Dennis Brion And then in 2014 became the president.
1: Proudest moment during that, that period?
5: Oh, definitely as president was a 2014 Premiership win at Adelaide Oval. I think um, they, the first year of the AFL sides, uh, standalone sides in our competition, they were fully stacked up with 19 AFL listed players. Plus, Cracker and Summoner, which are pretty two top, pretty two pretty good top-up players, and uh, to win that day was absolutely unbelievable.
0: Paul, we've got to go to a break uh, because, th- well, we do have to go to a break. But there's so many more things that we want to talk to you about. Are you happy to stick around for a bit longer. No problems. Uh, great, Ben Cameron, Ben Hook joining you. Paul Ulio is the, is in the studio, and you are listening to Red Legs Radio. Don't go away. It's a you're listening to Red Legs Radio
2: with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet, Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on one 858 858
0: yeah, we're in the final term here at Redlegs Radio. Ben Hook and Ben Cameron from the Advertise. Uh, Paul Diulio has joined us. He is the president of the Norwood Football Club. We've been chatting to him on the other side of the break. Uh, Paul, I've just got a couple of things I'd love to run by you. You've done an amazing job with the Function Centre. It is absolutely superb, the Wolf Blast Community Centre. What's the next big off-field project for the Norwood Football Club? What's the long-term vision?
5: Um, yeah, we've got a few, actually, Hookie. Um, the one we want to do probably in the short term, is upgrade the canteen underneath the uh, main stand. Um, we think that's a better opportunity to get better circulation and better service to our patrons. Um, and we'd love to upgrade our lighting, and we'd love to also love to um, replace all the signs around the ground on the picket fence with wow. the ribbon boards, with the electronic ribbon boards like our oval. That's a very big, ambitious project, mm. and uh, we're talking to people about that, how that could potentially take place. Uh, we see that it's a real good opportunity to reinforce our positions that we think probably the best stadium outside of Adelaide over to play football in the state. Mm.
1: The, the lighting would be sort of like an energy energy saving move as much as anything? Uh, as yeah, well. it'd be
5: both. It'd be better. I mean, better quality, higher standard of lighting, yep. but also LED lighting, um, using less power. And that yep. we'd, we'd actually have a vision to try and make the venue a carbon neutral venue. So it's a longer term view of ours to, to get there. Obviously, there's a fair bit of cost associated with that, but... We would love that, and that I think would attract some more events uh, to the Oval as well. They, do, you, do you have a preferred uh, time slot? That's a blow. I, I personally love Friday night footy. Mm. I think it's it's great. It's, um, from a selfish perspective, it gives you, you know, the weekends, you're with, with the kids sure. sport and so forth, you can do things. But I just think it's a great atmosphere at the parade. Um, I love that feeling, and I love Saturday afternoons when we play away. I think uh, Saturday afternoons work really well away. Uh, but, I, yeah, for Friday night at home, I think it's a great early in the season and late, and then my preference – If it's not on a Friday night at home, it's a Saturday afternoon game.
1: You're the main man at Campbelltown. I just thought I'd get one little council question in. (laughs) Uh, Is it easier to to keep footballers in line or or councillors, do you reckon? (laughs) They're definitely easy to keep
5: councillors. They're wonderful to work with. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Tenure. you said that you've been president for eight years. Um, Are you looking to maybe transition out of the role at some stage? What's the long-term vision from your own role with the football club?
5: Um, at the moment, I've got plenty of energy and still enjoying it. So I'm more than happy to uh, continue in the role for foreseeable future, provided the members and the board want me there. Every year we go up for every two years, we go up for elections. So we've got six on our board, um, three up for election each year. So we do fight an election every second year and then the board will make a decision who they want to lead them. So I've got the energy and the passion to continue on um, at the moment. So and if the members and the board support that, then I'm happy to do it. Sure.
1: So you wouldn't subscribe to Jeff Kennett's view? He seems to have this strong view about leaders that after six to eight years, you should have a bit of a change. Do you have an a opinion on that?
5: Oh, uh, not really. I mean, Kennett's come back, so um, he, yeah, he says that, but then goes and comes back, and then has his own views of the world. Uh, I think in a day, if you, if you, if it's working, then I think uh, there's no real time frame that needs to be there. I think there is. You can go on for too long. I think there's opportunity for renewal, and for people to different people to come in and take the reins, and we're all just custodians for a period of time but I don't prescribe to a, a set time frame.
1: We were talking to Steve uh, Marshall before about, you know, his busy schedule. Would you have something similar? I mean, you're obviously involved with Campbelltown and then you've got your Norwood connections. You I yeah. oh, have a pretty pretty busy uh, schedule, I would have thought, most weeks.
5: Yeah, most weeks it is. I have a lot of after-hours meetings through work and so forth and a lot of commitments through that, and then footy's on top of that. So there is it is they are long days, um, but, yeah, no, they're fine, very supportive family that helped me through it. So, yeah, it works well when, the, I think, again – As I probably got older, more used to getting the balance a bit better.
0: Outside of COVID, what's the greatest challenge for the football club going forward?
5: I think it really is about um, if we get the salary cap right. I think that's a challenge in itself. And I think actually remaining the best competition outside the AFL, I think that's the strength of Sandfall. And I think our supporter base is important to that. I think our supporter base is ageing. So how we can get younger people to follow our, our traditional clubs is really important. So I think... Um, that's important and I think I've said to number I think the key thing for us is actually making sure the venues we all play at uh, are improved and they're Mm. upgraded to actually be a good facility for um, spectators to come and watch and enjoy the experience
1: look I I am to a degree a neutral um, but coming to the parade is is a really special experience so I just wanted to say you know congrats on all the great work that you've done off the field and um, it's just a magnificent venue Oh, thanks, no, Ben, appreciate not it. A problem.
0: What's the one thing that you want to, besides salary cap, we understand your position on that, what's the one thing that you'll be advocating to the Sandful? I'm going to get you to put aside a uh, long-term relationship with the Air Peninsula as well. What's the one thing that you'll be advocating to the Sandfall over the course of the next six months?
5: Um, that's tough because I think the Air Peninsula and the salary cap are keys, but it really is around getting the games and the right time slots for the players I think it's really important that we take the players' considerations of the need, especially as the salary cap's been affected, ensuring that as we want to grow our competition and grow the strength of it, actually work with players around what is the right time. It's really hard for our players. I think they work full-time, they've got to train, they've got to recover. So playing you know, Monday of a long weekend is a tough mm. ask. Uh, playing Sundays is tough. So, you know, understand there's a, there's a different demographic that come out on a Sunday. So it's good to play that, but not too many. I think mm. Friday night, Saturday... Afternoons are the best time slots for our competition, and we'd be strong advocates for that. How will the president spend his week off? Uh, pretty. I'm going to go down and watch my son play footy for school tomorrow, so I'll just enjoy that and uh, yeah, just to relax, put the feet up, and hopefully get ourselves ready for the game against North of Prospect the week later. Paul Deolia, thanks
0: for joining us on Redlegs Radio. Uh, thanks, Hooky. it's been my pleasure. Well, that
5: wraps thanks. it up. Uh, ben Cameron, always appreciate
0: your company, mate. Uh, you got a game this weekend because it is a split round, so there's I'm probably a little a bit less to Julio. do. I've actually
1: got the weekend off, so You've... I don't know what I'm going
0: to do. You've got the weekend off and well, you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, we are looking forward, waiting with bated breath, to what's going to be a massive game in a week and a half's time when we take on North Adelaide at Prospect Oval. and we're probably in the final. stirred to being a little bit pesky, but I tell you what, we'll go a long way towards confirming our spot in the elimination final in three weeks' time. Thanks for joining us on Red Leagues Radio. Enjoy the week off, and next week we will see
2: you at the footy.